0: The Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke are often referred to as the Synoptic Gospels. Uh, We take turns every three years. We read one of them uh, straight through on Sundays, more or less. This year we're reading Luke. They're called synoptics because they have the same vision. Uh, They tell the same story, but with slight variations. And the fact that they have these variations can be very interesting and explanatory. Each of the evangelists clarifies, fills in, interprets the others. Uh, We should avoid reading them as suspicious of each other, as uh, um, somehow refuting each other, but rather filling in uh, some of the cracks. So for example, St. Matthew reports that Jesus said, How much more will your heavenly Father give good things to those who ask him? But Luke's version Uh, the Lord substitutes the Holy Spirit for good things. Uh, This means that Luke understands that the Holy Spirit is the premier gift of God. And this makes a lot of sense. When the Holy Spirit dwells in us, when we have this gift, we share in the very life of the Holy Trinity. This is the life that the Father and Son share with each other, and it is offered to us as well. We become sons and daughters of God. We become intimates with the Almighty Creator on speaking terms with him, as it were. The Holy Spirit then prays for us, teaches us to pray, gives us the words that we are to speak before rulers, and he secures us in virtue and illuminates our minds so that we can see the world from a spiritual point of view. And from this point of view, if we can see things in the Holy Spirit, the world becomes a constant source of praise and thanksgiving, peace and joy, because it all points back to God the Father and his promise of life. Now, I preached last week also, and I said last week that a lot of us make excuses about not praying uh, because we just don't want to pray. And then we come up with rationalizations. This perhaps comes off too negatively, so let me offer a different spin on this, even though I still think it's true. We might be reluctant to spend a lot of time in prayer. Last week's gospel was on Martha and Mary. Martha was scolding Mary because she was spending too much time at the feet of Jesus and not doing her work. We might be reluctant to be Mary in this case because uh, we don't know what rewards prayer will bring if we actually pray. So let's talk about the rewards. What does the scripture tell us? Prayer gives us a heightened awareness of God's presence, his loving presence at all times. Prayer gives us a broad perspective on things. We see things in their proper place. We don't get caught up in little details, but we see how all things work together. Prayer reminds us of God's favors to us and teaches us to put our hope in him It gives us encouragement from God's strength. We also know, if you think back to Lent, prayer is one of the activities that makes reparation for sin. It trains us to desire God alone. Our desires go all over the place. They're often at cross-purposes with themselves, and they make us uh, restless and unhappy. Prayer helps us to focus our desires so that they point toward God, so that everything pulls toward our final goal, and make sense together. It allows us to see the good things of life as tokens of his love, and those things that aren't so good our sufferings as purifying, as things that build us up in hope and prepare us to be clean and pure, to present ourselves to God. Elsewhere, the Lord says, if you knew the gift of God, and again, I'm saying that the gift of God really is the Holy Spirit. If you knew the gift of God, he would give you living water, a spring of water welling up to eternal life within you. This gift of God, the Holy Spirit, within us, in whose power the Father raised Jesus from the dead, in whose power Jesus rejoiced and thanked the Father for revealing his mysteries to little ones. This is the gift. If we knew the gift, we would ask for the Holy Spirit. So ask the Father. Don't be afraid. Simply ask him for the Holy Spirit every day. But it's on this last remark that I'm going to conclude today, since it's kind of warm. The Father reveals his mysteries to little ones. This is the rejoicing that Jesus does in the Holy Spirit. One of the reasons we struggle to pray is because we struggle to allow ourselves to be counted among the little ones. We're a culture that prizes self-sufficiency, hard work, and earning your own way. We should note how Abraham humbles himself before God in the first reading. And he was heard, even though he was already a righteous man. He still humbled himself. But to be in this position of a suppliant, to have to ask God for things rather than take them on our own, is humbling. This subordinates us to God and requires us to trust him whom we can't see uh, rather than striking out on our own. But this is just a realistic stance before God when we think about it again. None of us here created ourselves, and we don't really have control over our lives in the end, and much less do we have control over the world. So why not ask God to take control of our lives? How much better to receive his help than anyone else's? And what better gift to ask from him than the Holy Spirit?